0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to All Good Points. It's your favorite sports podcast that's hosted by me, Ricky Gray Jr. This week, we're doing the AFC East. I remember that I had said we were going to do the AFC South, but that was depending on whether or not I could get my brother over here this weekend, but I couldn't. So, unfortunately, we're going to do the AFC East this weekend, but I think we'll have a lot of fun uh, reviewing them and seeing how they did over the season so remember to rate and review all good points on your favorite podcast platform follow me on instagram at all good points podcast and on twitter at ricky gray jr now let's start the show So, this week we are starting with the AFC East, or not, I shouldn't say starting, because we've already started, right? Here's the thing, guys, okay? I, I started drinking a full-sale Blood Orange Wheat Ale. I don't know if you've ever had this, but it's actually pretty damn good, um, so I am enjoying myself. I might take some swigs every now and then just to loosen up and feel a little bit good. Can you blame me? Can you blame me? I'm not mad at you if you're drinking while you're listening to this, but if you're driving and drinking while you're listening to this, don't. Pull over to the side of the road, finish it, and... um head on with your day. Uh, I'm just kidding. Don't do that, okay? I'm not advocating for that. Don't put me on record as saying such. Uh, do not drink and drive. But if you're, you know, driving and listening right now, first of all, thank you. Second of all, we need to talk about the AFC East, okay? Um, we're going to start with the team that did the worst. We're going to start fourth in the AFC East and work our way up to number one. Um, so we'll start with the Miami Dolphins. They finished 5-11, and 11, last in the AFC East. Uh, Miami's kind of a team that you... I don't want to say that you know what you're going to get, but you kind of know what you're going to get. They haven't been good for a very long time. Uh, I would say Marino days is probably back when Miami was like a threat to something right now. They're kind of in a tumultuous period of not having a real starting quarterback, not having any kind of real identity, having a very weak defense, having a very weak offense. There's a lot of things that are, that are going on and are going wrong. I should say in Miami, um, One of which I would say is the running game. Uh, 72 yards per game is what they were averaging last in the league. Not to mention their terrible, terrible defense that allowed 30 points a game. You can't win like that. Uh, it, It seems like there's a couple of issues, I would say, on the offensive side of the ball mainly when it comes to the offensive line, right? Uh, You can have as many great skill position players as you want. And I've said this a thousand times. You can have as many skill position players as you want. If you don't have a good offensive line, then your offense really won't amount to much of anything. And that's exactly where where the Miami Dolphins are right now. They have no offensive line. Their offensive line is like Swiss cheese. There's too many holes in it. And considering that, they can't get any kind of offense sustained. Okay, uh, a a couple of big losses throughout the year. Um, most mostly, you know, things like losing 41 to 24 to the Browns, uh, losing 36 to 20 to the Giants. It's it's kind of like I guess it's minuscule in the grand scheme of things. But at the same time, you see losses like that where it's like, man, you know, the Browns. No, not necessarily. I don't really see them being a team that could that could do that. They lost 22 to 21 to the Jets, but then losing to the Giants is kind of like another interesting thing where you're like, "Huh. That's that's kind of strange the way that they have um i guess progressed through the year because really what it looks like is that is that Miami has regressed like they haven't gotten better with the draft picks and and moves that they've made you know they bring in uh, Josh Rosen and they kind of think that that's going to be a solution to a problem but in reality it's not it's not really a solution to the problem because Josh Rosen isn't playing on the offensive line and if he was he wouldn't do well um so you have some issues there and then they you know kind of make the move to uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, are you going to give Ryan Fitzpatrick the reins and say, hey, this is your team, we want to see what you do with it, or are you going to kind of continue to coddle him and, and not really you know, let him know that he's the starting guy? I think that's one of the biggest issues that a lot of people have had when it comes to managing who's, who's playing quarterback, especially when it comes to Ryan Fitzpatrick, because it was happening in Tampa Bay as well. It was, it was kind of like they were like, okay, well, you're our starting quarterback for right now. We're not going to just declare you starting quarterback and actually ride it out and see how well you perform. We're just going to say that you're starting quarterback right now. And the second that you mess up, we're pulling you. It's the same thing that's going on in Miami. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's the thing that's a little bit strange that they're not really giving anybody the helm and saying, hey, look, this is your team. We want to see what you do with it. Uh, there was guys that were demanding to get traded. You know, Kenyon Drake was one of them. He wanted to get out of there. And then, you know, uh, Balazs kind of took over. They have a good wide receiver in Devontae Parker, a solid wide receiver. You know, it's not like it's not like the wide receiver position is the problem. And it's not like necessarily the quarterback position is a problem because truly it's kind of like plug and play, right? Like the team is kind of plug and play. If you have a a good quarterback, usually they can still be a good quarterback. The problem is when you have a bad, bad offensive line and you can't really, it doesn't matter who you put in at quarterback because nobody's going to do well, Um so, you know, there's talks and stuff like that about who's going to be playing there. You know, is is Tom going to be, you know, the guy in Miami? Will Miami be able to offer Tom Brady enough money to go? Will Miami offer Philip Rivers money? I don't think that they really make either one of those moves. I think they do probably something around, you know, drafting Tua Tagliavoa. I think that's going to be a problem, and I think it's going to backfire for him. I don't think it's going to work out. I don't think it's going to transition to wins. So I don't see much of an improvement between the 2019... Miami Dolphins and the 2020 Miami Dolphins. I don't see there being a huge improvement there. That might just be me. You guys might think I'm wrong, but let me know if I'm wrong. You know, there's my problem with it is that there's so many things wrong with Miami that just changing quarterbacks isn't going to help. It was kind of like how I was talking about Cincinnati last week, where it's like, they think that just a plug and play quarterback and bringing in Joe Burrow, the top rated prospect at quarterback coming out of college this year, is going to change anything. It's not going to change anything. It doesn't switch anything. It doesn't make anything better. You're just taking another quarterback and basically ruining him and saying, oh, okay, well, if we don't do, if we aren't successful, then it's your fault. That's essentially what Miami is going to do with Tua Tagliavoa. The only thing about Tua is Tua is not Joe, Joe Burrow. He he can't be Joe Burrow and he'll never be Joe Burrow. The 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 step the separation in play is completely different between those two players. Everybody knows Tua is like I don't want to say discount Jalen Hurts. And I understand that he took over for Jalen Hurts. I get it, and a lot of people bring that up to me, but it's like I'd rather have Jalen Hurts playing than Tua Tagliavoa. And the only reason I say that is because I don't what what is so proven about Tua. How good was Alabama this year? Not really, right? Not to mention he's already had a really bad injury. So not only are you taking a quarterback that I don't necessarily think is battle tested enough to say that he should be our starting guy, but you're taking somebody that's already had a serious injury and is going to have to rehab that. And then you're going to hope and pray that you plug him into your crappy beat up system and he gets you wins. And it translates to wins. No overhaul the whole team first before you decide to bring in a quarterback and say, okay, well, you know what? Here's this bad team. I want you to get us at least eight wins. Let's break even at eight and eight. Um, and I, I just don't see that happening. I don't see that happening to, to Miami. Um, I mean, you guys might think that I'm wrong about it. I don't really, I don't really see a way that I could be wrong about it. I don't think it matters who you have at quarterback in that system. I don't think they're going to work. I don't think any quarterback in that system is going to work. Um, that's really just the way it is. Moving on uh, to New York, uh, the Jets, I should say. Uh, finished the season seven and nine Uh, not necessarily anything to write home about not really anything to build off of I don't think Uh, Sam Darnold had a relatively good season I'll say Le'Veon Bell kind of did better I guess later in the season but I don't think the Le'Veon Bell bet paid off as fast as New York wanted it to and I think that's really uh, where they're having a problem with it. My, my issue has been with plenty of teams, the fact that they think that they can just plug players in at certain positions and that guarantees you wins or that guarantees you uh, a higher output on offense. That's not the case, right? You have to be able to build your team and start with your front line and start to build a solid front line before you can put these skill position players in and expect them to do anything that's relevant or relatively good, right? So if I had a team and I had zero offensive line, right? Say I had no offensive line. And I had this and I had this idea in my head that for some reason me me putting in a quarterback with zero offensive line and one guy to hike the ball was going to translate to offense. I'd be insane. You would say that I'm insane. That's essentially what these coaches in front offices are doing. They're going in, they're grabbing quarterbacks and they're grabbing guys and being like, Hey, look, we want you to play quarterback and we want you to get us eight wins or we want you to get us 10 wins or whatever. And it's the same thing with, with New York bringing in Le'Veon Bell. They go and bring in Le'Veon Bell, which I do think was a good idea. I think bringing him in was a good idea. But I think they set the expectations a little too high for what they thought was going to happen. Like, you have a long way to go before your team is even relatively, like, talked about, right? They still ranked 31st in the NFL in rushing yards, and they ranked 31st in total points per game. So your, your offense still isn't good you still need a whole lot of work on offense. And hopefully they understand that and they actually kind of develop the flow on offense and it turns into something. But at the same time, it's the Jets. And we kind of have to... What What is it? Um... I guess keep low expectations for the Jets. Like like don't set your don't set your sights too high on what the Jets can actually do. They lost to the Jaguars twenty nine to fifteen. They lost to the Patriots thirty third thirty-three to uh, zero. Lost to the Dolphins who we were just talking about twenty-six to eighteen. Like this isn't a team that's good. This isn't a team that's really going to go anywhere, especially for a long time. Lost to the Browns 23 to three. One win that I think was, I mean, relatively good for who they played was, was, um, was beating the Steelers. They beat the Steelers 16 to 10. That's not bad. They beat the Raiders 34 to three. Who would have saw that happening? But the Raiders are another team where it's like, they kind of think that they've just got this plug and play system and you can put in one player and that player is going to guarantee you wins. That's not the way that it works. Uh, So The Jets, not necessarily, I wouldn't say a disappointing season because they finished seven and nine. So that's not necessarily disappointing with, with me considering that they know what they know, you know, with me thinking that the front office is smart enough to say, Hey, look, we're not going to get wins right now. We're going to get wins later. We need time to build. So I'm going to go with that assumption and say that they know that and, um, and hopefully they play a little bit better, but let's take a quick break and then we'll get back to the other two teams. Okay, so this next team I am super, super excited to talk about because I was really high on them at the beginning of the year and I had said that they were going to do relatively well and they truly exceeded expectations. The Buffalo Bills finished their season 10-6 and and... I mean, man, they looked good, right? Like, they they looked good. They even went to the playoffs. They lost 22-19 to the Texans, but they looked really, really strong. They looked like a strong team that's been doing well building, right? Uh, Devin Singletary, their running back, had 775 yards. Josh Allen had another great season, uh, threw for 3,089 yards. 20 touchdowns, um, low quarterback rating, but that's because of some other things. He does turn the ball over quite a bit. But one of the things that I want to say is really, really good about them was their rushing yards per game. Now, this is in part to Josh Allen. So, like the negatives that he gets hit on for, you know, uh, turnovers and things like that. That kind of weighs into his, his quarterback rating as well, but I think one of the things that kind of gets overshadowed when it comes to quarterback ratings is that this guy was running for a lot of yards, and and that's why they averaged 128.4 yards per game and was 8 in the NFL. Not to mention, they had a defense that only allowed 16 points per game. The Buffalo Bills are a good football team, and I think that's something that we get to talk about now. Like, we get to talk about more competition in the AFC East coming from Buffalo, Um because if you guys think about it, when's the last time that you heard, you know, Buffalo in the mix of like playoff talk, right? It's good. It's been a minute. It's been a while since we were talking about, you know, the Buffalo Bills being good. They beat the Cowboys 26 to 15. They beat the Redskins 24 to 9. They beat the Steelers 17 to 10. Like they've been playing really well. They gave the they gave the Patriots some competition, lost 24 to 17, but that's not bad. Um, they I don't know. They just looked good to me. They beat the Titans 14 to 7 they had a good year, you know, and I'm really, really excited about about Buffalo. And I think that there's such a such a, a high ceiling on what they can be and what they can turn into, especially uh, depending on uh, things like drafts and, and uh, free agency pickups and things like that. Maybe uh, creating a better offensive line around Josh, giving him some more weapons down the field and things like that. So, the The ceiling is really, really high for the Buffalo Bills, and I'm excited about that. Uh, John Brown, I think, is a great wide receiver. Had over a thousand yards receiving. This is this is something to if you're, I mean, if you're a Buffalo fan and you're listening, this is definitely something to be excited about. Okay, it's not like it's not like your team is moving backwards. Your team is moving forward. They had a really, really great year. They got to the playoffs. They lost a close game in the playoffs, too. Like, it's not like they got blown out by the Texans in that game. They lost a very close game. So there's there's a lot of upside to, um, to the Buffalo Bills. What I would like to see, of course, like I always say, more... Um, I would say more development on the offensive uh, on the offensive line. Maybe getting Frank Gore if Frank Gore decides to you know stick around for another year. Getting Frank Gore more involved. Uh, getting some more weapons for for Josh Allen because right now you know Cole Beasley and Isaiah McKenzie they're not really cutting it. I like Cole Beasley as a slot wide receiver. I kind of think of him as like a like a discount Julian Edelman. Like he's not as good as Julian. He doesn't run as clean of routes. But what I will say about Cole Be- Cole Beasley is that he has insane hands. So I want to see Cole still in the lineup but i really only want to see him as a slot wide receiver not necessarily a two wide receiver um so hopefully they're able to do some things and and bring some some weapons for josh to throw to because really that's gonna that's gonna be the the linchpin i should say of his um of his success in this league is how many weapons uh, Buffalo decides to put around him along with that they do need to do some development in their secondary and honestly in their front seven as well their their front seven needs to be a little bit more menacing and uh, a little bit stronger but I think overall if you think about it this way when you see a team improving the way that Buffalo is improving and you see a team like New England who is kind of I don't want to say coming to its end because we're going to talk about New England here in a second, but... Uh, when you see a team that's kind of like declining, like new England, you get a little bit excited about a team like Buffalo because you don't know what they can turn out to be. You know what I'm saying? They have a 10 and six season right now, or, um, last season they had a 10 and six season and then, you know, the ceiling is so high for them. They can turn out to be really, really good. They can do a lot of development on the offensive line and get Josh some more weapons. This can be one of the teams in the AFC AFC East that, um, that has a whole lot of potential that we can look forward to forward to watching and i think that's really what i like about pretty much the way that the nfl is going in uh the the direction that it's going in right now is that divisions are starting to get much more um competitive uh with each other you know and you don't know who's going to be the leading team in the in the division when the season starts you know usually you get a good idea this uh this season we kind of had a good idea with uh with new england obviously being the the leader in the afc east but at the end of the day you know it's not like it's not like buffalo was far off from new england um speaking of new england new england was of course the first place team in the afc east you know no 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 surprise there they finished with a 12 and 4 record um didn't do too great in the playoffs you know uh but hey you know that happens they lost to the titans the titans are as it sits right now the titans are a better football team than the than the new england patriots now there's a lot of drama Uh, circling around the Patriots right now and one one of which are the main drama I should say is the fact that Tom Brady will or could potentially be I'll say could potentially be departing from the team is this necessarily a bad thing for the Patriots no not really not in the grand scheme of things because it seems like Bill Belichick will be around for a while so since Belichick is going to be around for a while it doesn't necessarily seem like it's going to be too awful for the Patriots. But at the same time, that's going to be a big hit, and that's something that is going to kind of determine the way that their season goes for the next couple of years. Um, Of course, 12-4 and isn't a bad season, but any season that ends in, you know... New England not getting the Super Bowl championship, New England not getting a ring. That's a disappointing season for a Patriots organization. That's that's true. Um they are they are so their sole purpose is winning rings. Uh they want to have another, you know, stretch of, you know, back-to-backs and things like that. And uh you know, Tom is searching for another ring and maybe he thinks he gets it with the Patriots, maybe he thinks he doesn't get it with the Patriots. I don't think Truly, truly, I don't think that any of the places that he could end up have the potential to provide him with that ring before his career is over. I think the closest that he can get to it is by continuing to play with the Patriots because they have the best coaching staff, um, probably the biggest draw, like the biggest market for a lot of players to come play. So they'll be able to bring some weapons in this year. That was a main issue, you know, heading into the season was that New England didn't really have any weapons. They had Julian Edelman. Uh, Now they have Mohamed Sanu, which is, you know, good, but they don't have that number one guy. You know, they don't have that number one wide receiver. And they they picked up Antonio Brown from the Raiders thinking that Antonio was going to be it. And of course, Antonio went off of his rocker and he kind of went crazy a little bit. So that being said, that kind of like threw a kink in New England's plans and it And it made teams not really scared of a deep ball from them. You know, they even had Josh Gordon for a minute, but the same kind of thing played out with Josh Gordon. It's not like Josh Gordon went crazy, but of course, you know, substance things and and things of that nature. Um kind of prevented him from playing with the Patriots. Now, we don't know what this is going to turn into in the offseason. We don't know who they're going to sign or what moves they're going to make, but you can guarantee that the Patriots are going to make moves that benefit uh, whoever they have at, at, at starting quarterback. Now, more than likely, I say that Tom ends up staying in New England with all the drama that's circling around. I don't see him leaving, But at the same time, in the event that he does, I think it will be a plug and play kind of system because New England runs the same kind of offense and they don't really change it. So I don't see any of that changing. I just see maybe the the other moving pieces around who the quarterback would be, you know, wide receivers and tight ends and things like that. Um. So yeah, that's uh, that's it for me this week. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you did enjoy the episode, please go leave a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or however you want to do it, wherever you listen to podcasts. It really, really helps the show. I know it was another quick episode, but I am trying to bang out these year-end reviews. And, um, you know, hopefully I can get my brother over here so we can get a long episode. But in the meantime, you guys enjoy this show. Also enjoy my other show, The Nightmare Archives, if you guys want to go listen to that. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot about folklore and things like that. So please enjoy that. Please rate and review that. Please share this with your friends. Share that with your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Ricky Gray Jr. Um, check uh, check out the most recent article that I wrote for Fansided about um, if Tom Brady is going to be the right move for the Raiders or not. Check that article out. I have a couple other things that I'm in the process of writing right now. So uh, keep an eye out for those things. And I will see you next time. Enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. Enjoy the music.